The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob and Chez Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week There's no better way to troll your Trump supporter friends than by picking up Bubble Genius's own tiny orange hand soap set Give yourself a hand or take two They're small, tiny in fact Teeny tiny. They're orange, of course, and smells appropriately of circus peanuts in honor of the GOP's clown dictator. Am I right, folks? Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off only at BubbleGenius.com. And now let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA and covering the whole wide world, this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Right on! With Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. When I was growing up in Bakersfield, my favorite thing in all the world was to go to the movies on Saturday afternoons for the chapter plays. Cliffhangers. I know that, Mr. Man. They also call them cereals. I'm not stupid, you know. <laughs> anyway, my favorite was Rocket Man. And once it was a no-breaks chapter. The bad guys stuck him in a car on a mountain road and knocked him out and welded the door shut and tore out the brakes and started him to his death. And he woke up and tried to steer and tried to get out, but the car went off a cliff before he could escape. And it crashed and burned, and I was so upset and excited. And the next week, you better believe I was first in line. And they always start with the end of the last week. And there was Rocket Man trying to get out. And here comes the cliff. And just before the car went off the cliff, he jumped free. And all the kids cheered. But I didn't cheer. I stood right up and started shouting, This isn't what happened last week! Have you all got amnesia? They just cheated us. This isn't fair. He didn't get out of the cock-a-doody car. The best music on the best station. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is Tuesday, September 6, 2016, and this is the Bob and Chez Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I'm Bob Seska. That is Chez Pazienza sitting right there, live and in studio. Thank you. Hola. Hi. Hi. We are brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It's the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. If you need a lawyer, better call Bo or head over to thebowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Chez, or you can just click the link on the podcast page and get free legal advice. Okay, I uh, I had a bit of a bit of a weekend. I had a, a terrible, terrible <laughs> three day weekend. I you know I went into the three day weekend going you know I can't wait. I I just need the day off. I need the extra day off. I need to refuel somehow. Everything is getting so massively chaotic with the presidential election, and I just need a little bit of time to refuel. And then of course I uh, I decide to cap off. Last week, end of the day Friday, Friday afternoon, by doing a little tweet storm about how the, uh, well, everyone's noticing it. I mean, everyone's talking about it. Right. About how the press is developing this, uh, you know, I guess it it should have been predictable. The press is developing this uh, false equivalence in support of Donald Trump at this point. Where they're yeah. really emphasizing Donald Trump, they're basically normalizing Donald Trump and making it seem well, he's just the, you know, he's just the Republican candidate, like always. And at the same time, 
by amplifying Hillary Clinton's scandals and and making them seem as if they're on the same level as the myriad Donald Trump scandals. Yeah. They're helping them. They're helping them. They make Donald Trump seem less awful and therefore better, right? I mean, is that... I don't know yeah. if that's way off base, but that's that's kind of what I was tweeting about. I spent all day uh, Friday tweeting about this. And then all hell broke loose. We're going to talk about that in just a second, but I wanted to mention before we, before we move into that, my my, uh, my Labor Day weekend keeps getting better. On into Tuesday morning now. Evidently, H.A. Goodman, H.A.Goodman.com is, uh, oh, good is, uh, is actually directly trolling me. I mean, he's is he got. Growing? Yeah, he's he did. A I, whole, I have him. I, I, I have him muted. Yeah, I. Like, I, I don't know whether he's ever. The only time I find out when he said something about me is when somebody else retweets it or something like that. That's that's how I know he's been talking about me because I have him muted. I'm not going to listen to him. Yeah. Well, here are the latest four H. A. Goodman tweets. These are the newest four tweets at H. A. Oh. Goodman's Twitter account. Awesome. Trump might Trump might win because Bob Seska and others who worship Clinton blame Russia for everything, but ignore this. And he talks about how the Clinton Foundation, yada, no, yada, yada. Then next up, for people like Bob Seska, this isn't dangerous. A commodities trader on HRC's nuclear advisory board. And then a link to ABC News. And up next, if Trump wins, it will 100%. This I this is so grammatically incorrect. If Trump wins, it will 100% the fault of people like Bob Seska and progressive media who ignore. And then the link to ABC News. And then he, t- he tags it, pay to play Bob. Okay. For some reason. And... <laughs> As if that wasn't bad enough. Someone tell Bob Seska that billionaire Clinton Foundation donors granted access to state officials is dangerous. Yeah. H.A. Goodman coming after me. I'm uh, just uh, you can hear the terror in my voice, right? He doesn't matter. He just doesn't. He's a a nobody. He's a nothing. He really is. But he's indicative of this swarming legion of Greenwald minion, the Jill Stein people who just, I mean, infected my goddamn Twitter mentions like the like the goddamn Ebola virus all weekend long. And as I said, it started with a little bit of a tweet storm that I uh I threw out there about uh, the press, and I think I was completely on the money with this. There's no doubt about it, because now today everyone's talking about it. Soledad O'Brien talked about it on CNN the other day. Paul yeah, Crook- Soledad just kicks all kinds of ass. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who's now, by the way, following me on Twitter. Also, um, Paul Krugman wrote a whole piece uh, in the New York Times about it. In fact, New York Times was so pissed that Paul Krugman wrote this piece about how the press is completely effing this up that they didn't even tweet it out. They didn't even publicize his column over the weekend. And it was a big one, ostensibly one of his biggest columns of the uh, so wait, it's so possible far. for the it's possible for the the New York Times to actually be embarrassed of something that it prints. God, I can't I can't even imagine <laughs> I, what that's like. What's, I know what would it be like working for a publication like that. So, uh, so I was Friday afternoon. I was in a in a bad place as far as watching the uh, proceedings with the election and the coverage of the election because I I mean honestly I really believe and I wrote a piece for Salon uh, for, that that published over the weekend. I think I was on Sunday. 
about how you know normalizing Trump is is turning out is just the wrong thing to do on so many different levels. It is just what's going on right now is being described as journalistic malpractice. The way Trump is being treated at this point by cable news and by the print press and by the internet press is uh, is. I don't even know how to describe it. It doesn't make sense. It's from another universe. No one is bringing it back to the idea that this guy is, one, an existential threat to democracy, and two, not a normal Republican candidate. And they're treating him like that. It's a a real problem, too. I mean, it genuinely is. It's it's, and and the thing is, you can do it without injecting opinion into it. Mm-hmm. You genuinely can. That's right. If you, I mean, I realize that that this is a, a claim that both sides have made for years. You know, we just report the facts. Report the facts. But if you report the facts in this case, if you just report the facts, there is th- there's just no comparison. Here's what kind of started everything. All right, this is uh, this is Friday, September third. I tweeted this out. And I overheard this on uh, MSNBC, a panel praising Trump's three weeks of presidential goodness. I mean, they were talking about on MSNBC, the liberal network, mind you, about how uh, Trump has been behaving in a more presidential way for the last three weeks. And and then I tweeted out, I hear like this from the liberal network and us. That was my tweet. So I started with that. And then I tweeted, here was the here was the fatal tweet. I wrote, knowing the stakes of a Trump victory, which we've talked about on the show, blah, blah, blah. Any attack on Hillary Clinton has to be regarded as tacit praise for Trump. And that is basically 140 characters to say that by uh, by elevating Hillary Clinton's Clinton Foundation thing or the email thing beyond what it actually is, which isn't much. Yeah. It, it becomes almost, it's giving Trump a free pass. It's grading Trump on a curve. It's giving Trump a leg up. It is, and that was the best way that uh, that um, Krugman put it, which is that Trump is being graded on a curve. Yeah. And then I continued on by tweeting, uh, expectations for Trump's behavior are so subterranean, he doesn't have to do anything correctly, and the polls will automatically tighten. And what we, what have we we've been seeing exactly that. Go to Nate Silver. Look at the, uh, the trend lines. They're tightening. And then I said, uh, set aside the myriad policy crises of a Trump presidency. If he wins, our politics will descend further into irreclaimable madness. Yeah, of course. Right? And I found out, and, and all of this is also in response to um, an article that was published on the Daily Banter by a new writer there named Lenny DeFranco. Yes. <laughs> published an article. Another, another, another white millennial dilettante right awesome who because we need another one of those yeah and and as you know Chaz, because we've we talked about this a couple times behind the scenes is that he just his article is basically just well look at hillary clinton look how terrible she is look at all her look at all her scandals just as bad as trump is it's your average you know contrarian nonsense the headline was obama proves and looping obama into it obama proves how dirty the clintons are and then we just, you know, we spent, uh, what, uh, 36 hours watching all of the, our, our followers on, on Twitter and Facebook disappear because <laughs> of this thing. So this was, this was the motivation going in. And I should have known better. I should have known better than, than to let that tweet storm go out right before a three-day weekend in which I wanted nothing to do with politics. Yeah, and- I wouldn't have. Right. I have done that. Thankfully, I was working on another job. <laughs> so then the first thing that happens out of the gate Saturday morning is I notice 
that uh, a guy named Murtaza Hussein uh, tweeted this out. He wrote, I hope that America does not move toward a de facto one-party state because this is the animating logic of that. And then he included a screen capture of my tweet in which I wrote, knowing the stakes of a Trump victory, any attack on Hillary must be regarded as tacit praise for Trump. All right, so, so Murtaza Hussein turns out to be a writer for The Intercept. <laughs> and of course, awesome. that's that. Murtaza Hussein has, let's see here, uh, he's got, uh, oh, 46,000 followers somehow on, uh, on Twitter. I have just over 17,000. Um, so, of course, what happens when Murtaza Hussein from The Intercept picks up this tweet who joins the fray but glenn greenwald glenn greenwald retweeted murtaza hussein and the jill not hill people the pro jill stein people just turned into this swarm of wasps around my face for the duration of the three-day weekend labor day weekend i mean just constantly I ended up in this fight with a uh, with the tech editor from the Young Turks, for God's sake, who was just who was part of the fray, part of the wasps, just state like what what the goddamn hell? The usual suspects. <laughs> yeah. So I was attacked uh, for all of the following. Uh, apparently, I'm a fascist. Uh, I'm an authoritarian. I'm okay. an. Here's a new one. I'm a neocon. That's one I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> I'm, I'm also uh, a rape apologist because oh. s- somehow my tweet about, uh, about Donald Trump and false equivalences in the press mean that I'm apologizing for the, this ridiculous conspiracy theory about Bill Clinton raping someone. You're a rape so now I'm a rape apologist. Wait, let's see. What else? What else can they? What other uh, meaningless uh, uh, identity politics buzzword can they call you? I'm a Nazi, also. Yeah. Well, white white male privilege, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the one I was getting a lot of was I'm a Nazi, and then I, then then Greenwald. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but Glenn Greenwald was calling me a liar and dangerous and all these terrible things <laughs> later on. Okay, so then also what I learned over the weekend from the Jill Stein uh, minion. The dead enders for the Jill Stein Club mm-hmm. uh, is that my V-neck T-shirts are completely unacceptable. I, I'm not supposed. To, I should have worn a T-shirt under my under my other T-shirt. Okay. Because I was wearing I'm wearing a V-neck shirt in my fucking profile picture. Okay. Oh, and and one other thing, my name is apparently ridiculous. <laughs> I was getting that too. All these variations of my name. I was getting Cobb Beska and Bob Cesspool and all the ones that I remember from second grade. I was going to say, but like, like you're back in elementary school. Yeah. And then I was getting, uh, you know, Bob Costas, you ought to stick to sports. That was what, that was one I got several times that I, I thought get, was I get a lot of, I get a lot of that too. Whenever people I'm get sure. pissed off, they start accusing <laughs> me of using a fake name. I'm like, if I were going to have a fake <laughs> name, do you really think it would be something this ridiculous? Yeah. And then I was getting uh, basically this dual set of, uh, of tweets. At f- being fired at me i was getting that i first of all that i was a fear monger for suggesting that trump might win and that's one you and i have heard quite extensively on social media for months now is that saying anything with regard to trump's victory and how dangerous it would be we're just fear mongering we're playing the fear card so i so i was hearing hillary will easily defeat trump and therefore you're you're being a fear monger 
This is it's not even a contest. Hillary's easily going to win. And then I'm also simultaneously hearing from the same Jill Stein people, why are you coronating Hillary? See, I mean, you, you understand how these two things are in direct conflict. Like, oh, Hillary Clinton's easily going to win, number one. Number two, why are you coronating Hillary? <laughs> why, is, why the Hillary coronation? Uh, you people, you're so confused. I got it. I got it. Look, man. and it just, I mean, I mean, it ended up into debates about like Al Gore and and Ralph Nader in Florida in 2000, and just into this rabbit hole of chaos and stupidity and naivete and and ignorance and lack of knowledge of of history and political science. And you, and you know what? And every one of those God. people, every one of those people now has a some sort of loud booming voice because of twitter oh yeah uh, that, that they that they just don't deserve and i'm not saying i deserve the you know any kind of booming voice i, I don't have one i don't think no. but that that to me is this is why i really can't stand and i used to be such a huge proponent for the democratization of media right. and now i'm just like you know what you don't f-ing matter yeah. you're a goddamn nobody who until Twitter came along and allowed you to broadcast your stupid brain farts out to the world, <laughs> basically sat in your living room and bitched and moaned to, to your cats. But I mean, you know, on top of all of that, I mean, I was getting, it wasn't just the people you're talking about. It's just the, the rank and file. It was right. people like uh, like writer uh, at blogger Bill Mon. I was hearing it from Nicole Sandler. I was getting oh, it. Oh, Jesus. Just, I mean, just yeah, on so all, all points so, in between. But again, all the usuals, all the usuals yeah. who up until the internet became a huge thing were fucking nobodies. Oh, yeah. Just like us. First one to say it. Yep. I cop to that completely. Yep. But it's like I listen to that. It's like the Lenny DeFranco thing. I'm like, I, I'm reading this piece and I'm like, who are you? Like, why should I care? You know, I mean, at, at the very least, at the very least, maybe it accounts for absolutely nothing. Yeah. But at the very least, I have a history in journalism. So um, and I still and I still to this day work in television. I'm still, believe it or not, a, a journalist. And yet I'm reading this going, who are you, kid? Seriously, why the hell should I give a what you think about anything well i mean there were handles coming up speaking of kids there were handles coming up that i haven't seen in three years that i haven't seen since uh since the the snowden crap i mean oh. just suddenly they emerged just out of the out of the baseboards like cockroaches just swarming all over my legs and torso like like making that noise like that horror movie noise when insects are like yeah. in, invading someone's body like me, 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 and it's just like all over the place and i'm just as as soon as I brush some off, more appear, and it just if like I, this. If I didn't have to do it for work, I would get rid of my Twitter account. In a oh heartbeat. yeah, I genuinely do not care about Twitter. I just I I I actually hate the idea of people having you know quote unquote access to me whenever the hell they damn well feel like it. Yeah. Whenever you know whenever I say something or whenever uh, uh, they just feel like you know challenging me because you know well I have to answer to them. Eh, f- you. Yeah. So I mean, again, let's go back to what precipitated all of this i wrote knowing the stakes of a trump victory any attack on hillary clinton must be regarded as tacit praise for trump i you know what in hindsight maybe i should have wrote regarded as helping trump but even that would have been because glenn greenwald that's his whole thing right now like six months ago he's got a pinned post on his twitter account right now that says basically like oh for the next six months all i'm going to hear is attacking hillary clinton is helping donald trump 
So, of course, this is something that Glenn Greenwald would jump all over. And this is, of course, you know, I was also being blamed for dealing in absolutes like George W. Bush would. Either you're with us or you're against us. Because I tweeted this. Because in the midst of a of something that had everything to do with a phenomenon that is very real right now, which is that a lot of time is being spent on Hillary Clinton's Clinton Foundation scandal, which isn't even a scandal, which isn't even a thing. I mean, Hillary Clinton wasn't even on the board of the Clinton Foundation until 2013 after she was done being Secretary of State. She never solicited money from Saudi Arabia. She, in fact, she didn't solicit money from anybody, especially while Secretary of State. Right. I mean, if you really dig into the Clinton Foundation scandal, there is no scandal. And this is what everyone is talking about. And so the next step of that is to, by elevating it and making it equivalent to Donald Trump's long menu of scandals from his, and he's got an actual pay-to-play scandal, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. I mean, there's a serious pay-to-play where he was actually fined by the IRS for, for pay-to-play in Florida, yeah. believe it or not. And so this is a real thing. And so by by turning Hillary Clinton's non-scandals into a real thing, it makes Donald Trump's scandal seem less dangerous and less awful. And what amounts to, as far as I'm concerned, from the press, praise for Donald Trump. But this is this is a trespass beyond belief. This makes me an authoritarian for saying this. I'm not you know what? I haven't been actively pushing for Hillary Clinton. I haven't been campaigning for Hillary Clinton like I well, I mean, to, to be honest with you, like I did for Barack Obama eight years ago. But the fact of the matter is that I have been looking at what's been going on in the press. I have been following along with what's been going on with Donald Trump. And clearly there is a serious, serious problem in terms of how this coverage is being broadcast uh, across the board, not just on cable news, but elsewhere, too. New York Times being some of the, the guiltiest of, of the guilty. New York Times especially. I mean, the whole thing with uh, misreporting the, uh, uh, Trump's speech from Wednesday night before it actually went out, thinking that it was going to be a softening when it turned out to be a, another maniac speech by Donald Trump. I mean, this is what we're seeing now. And don't tell me this isn't helping Hillary Clinton. And don't tell me that there's some other third way to, uh, to progressivism other than defeating Donald Trump in November. That should be the priority of every free-thinking person in the world. Making sure, Don like, just like Bernie Sanders said, making sure Donald Trump doesn't become president. And f*** me for saying that. You know what I mean? It's just like, well, f*** me for, for going out there and saying, you know what, Donald Trump is a serious danger. There are legions of little boys and little girls out there with their Jill Stein buttons on their chests going, and their, and their f***ing Snapchat filters and their, and their cover photos with Jill Stein plastered all over. And weirdly, hammers and sickles and anarchy signs, too. I've noticed yeah. that a lot, by the way. Yep. And so there are all kinds of people out there who don't think that Donald Trump is that dangerous. People on the left who yeah, just aren't paying attention. Don't think, people who either don't think he's dangerous or think that he is a, a useful tool to bring about the revolution. Exactly. All right. So we're going to take a break and then we're going to get to what happened Monday morning right after these words. Okay. Let's talk about supporting independent media for only $1 a month. You can help finance The Bob and Chez Show at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. That's 12 cents per show. Go now to patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Bob and Chez. And sign up for $1 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, or $15 a month, or whatever you can afford. 
If you sign up for $5 or more, you'll get special Patreon-only shows like our post-mortem wrap-up show, the Not Safe for Work after-party show, and commercial-free, unbleeped versions of the free Tuesday and Thursday shows. Most of all, you'll be supporting a totally independent podcast not affiliated with corporate media. And if we reach our $7,500 per month goal, we'll bring you new shows five days a week, Mondays through Fridays. That's patreon.com slash Bob and Chez, or click the Patreon link at bobseska.com. Let's do this thing. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by bubblegenius.com. You know, there's one thing I haven't quite ruled out yet. Yes. Is that they were uh, Trump trolls. That a lot of them were Trump trolls disguised as uh, Jill Stein people. Because, I mean, if you notice, if you look at some of the handles, you know, they're eggs with 20 followers. Right. You know, so I haven't ruled that out yet. But I was just, for the sake of clarity, I'm just taking everything at face value in terms of the origins of a lot of these people. Uh, but, I mean, it's still happening. Someone just popped into my mentions, called me a worm. You know, because, I mean, it's just this dumbest goddamn thing. Trump is a is a threat. By every objective me- measure, Trump is the biggest threat we've had as a presidential candidate in, uh, God, I don't know how long. I don't think we've ever had someone as dangerous as Trump running for president and, been, and this yeah. goddamn close. I mean, there's a yeah, national poll out today showing him uh, in the lead nationally. While the uh, electoral map is still solid for Clinton, there's still these national polls, man, that make me, make my sphincter clench. I mean, and they, and they ought to with everybody, but uh, it, everybody except Glenn Greenwald, that is. Monday morning, I wake up and I'm like, okay, here's my day off. I'm, I'm going to spend the day uh, watching movies and, and maybe playing a video game or something like that. Just, just relaxing and not even thinking about politics. And then I wake up to this goddamn nonsense. The, 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 Glenn Greenwald tweeted out, uh, what is it about Twitter? That makes people think they can, and then in, uh, with asterisks around it, so blatantly lie about what someone else believes. And then he, he tweeted out a screen capture. Now, mind you, Glenn Greenwald has blocked me. Glenn Greenwald blocked me three years ago. So the fact that Glenn Greenwald blocked me and then proceeded to attack my integrity as a writer and as a human being yeah. uh, speaks volumes about Glenn Greenwald's courageousness and bravery. Yeah, I got blocked by Sirota. That was a really big moment for oh, me. Oh, and by the way, he was he piled on too. Dave, course, I heard from David Sirota over the weekend. Too. Yeah, well, because you you always it's always important to listen to the guy who thinks that our modern politics came from Ghostbusters. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, so Greenwald uh, screen captured. He used to call me a liar, and then screen captured me saying. Greenwald and the Jill Not Hill underpants gnomes don't think Trump is a serious threat with long-term consequences. To say so is fear-mongering, right? And that was a reaction to what was going on, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which was very obvious. Greenwald was joining in, basically downplaying the, the threat of Trump along with all of the other Jill Not Hill, the, the Jill Stein people. So he tweets this thing out where I say, I don't think uh, Greenwald doesn't think Trump is a serious uh threat and then he goes and he screen grabs with red arrows mind you a red arrow <laughs> po- it's glenn greenwald spending his weekend like like screen capturing my stuff goes to the daily banter the article that i did admittedly write about glenn greenwald being wrong uh, from august 30th 
screen gra- grabs my article from the Daily Banter, puts a red arrow pointing to my name, and then highlights in yellow highlighter that I wrote, granted, Greenwald agreed on Democracy Now!, by the way, that a Trump presidency would be extraordinarily damaging to American democracy. So this is now me lying about Glenn Greenwald because I said one thing on Twitter in the midst of, in the midst of a very specific fight and then something else on the 30th that seems to, they seem to contradict each other on the surface. But if you actually read what I wrote on the Daily Banter, you can see that I was referencing Glenn Greenwald's comments to Democracy Now! that are often used as a, let's say, this is something that Greenwald does all the time. He throws something out there to shield himself from attack and then goes on to stoke an attack. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, I don't think I don't think uh, Donald Trump's a threat, but Hillary Clinton. We need to make a bigger deal about Hillary Clinton and all of her scandals because you know we can't you know we can't we can't make we got to make sure we're not uh, screeching too heavily about Donald Trump, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just the, the intellectual dishonesty from yeah. Greenwald is so so relentlessly overwhelming yeah. that honestly, even engaging with him is is a waste because he's somebody yeah. who can't and will never admit that he has screwed up or that he is wrong he's incapable of shame or saying that he's sorry that's right so because of that he's the person you just do not want to have any kind of interactions with because he'll he'll never say he's wrong yes well so and he will and he will argue until until the you know until the the stars fall from the sky so let me let me see if i could do a better job explaining this it's what i was referencing in the daily banter was an observation about this interview with democracy now and it seems, and my point was, it seems like this is what he's saying, but then what he was saying on Twitter and what his followers were saying on Twitter this past weekend seemed to indicate that they didn't think Donald Trump was a threat. And that was the point of my subsequent tweet, which Greenwald then believes is me lying about Greenwald's character. The upside is that if you scroll down, because then, of course, it's just the swarm of people agreeing with him and attacking me and so on. But if you scroll down far enough, a few hundred comments down on Twitter, you'll see that (laughs) suddenly there was this entire uh, cadre of Sam Harris supporters who descended on Greenwald okay. saying, how does it feel? How does it feel to be Greenwalded, Greenwald? Yeah. And that is, I guess, evidently there's a thing on the internet called being Greenwalded, which means obviously misrepresenting someone's opinion. Right. And, uh, and they were, the Sam Harris people were attacking Greenwald for <laughs> misrepresenting Sam Harris's opinion on Islam, of course. And so that became a whole thing in there, too. And then, uh, if that wasn't bad enough, Greenwald also uh, tweeted out a second thing now, on top of you know calling me a liar. Uh, said, uh, read this short thread about an increasingly widespread and obviously dangerous mentality. And then it's got my uh, tweet attached about knowing the stakes of, of uh, a Trump victory, any attack on blah, blah, blah. And then it's this whole tweet storm from blogger Bill Mon. Like, and it starts out number one and goes on through, I don't know what, number nine or 10 or something like that. All the reasons why I am personally damaging to journalism. All right. What I was doing was actually calling out terrible journalism that's elevating Donald Trump. And this is somehow horrible. Like, I've made some 
heinous trespass against journalistic integrity by just laying out the facts that, again, I mean, the sole priority, I mean, the sole priority with regard to this presidential election is to make sure Donald Trump gets in. You want to hold Hillary Clinton accountable? First, let's make sure Donald Trump doesn't get f***ing elected. Let's not help Hillary. Let's not help Donald Trump win by spending all just trying to develop equal time for Hillary Clinton's uh, negatives. And that's and that's the idea. I mean, I don't understand how anyone can sit here and go, well, you know what? All things being equal, we might as well spend some time on Hillary Clinton. How about that? How about we uh, we amplify all of her uh, negatives because we've well, we've spent, you know, a few weeks on Trump. We might as well spend a few weeks now on Hillary. Because of equal time and, you know, the, the, this whole goddamn notion of false equivalences that they, everyone loves to, to play this game. Well, not everyone. But obviously, this is okay with the Greenwald crowd. It's okay with the Greenwald crowd to, uh, you know, for, for Donald Trump to be president. Which is the point of what I was trying to say in the second tweet, but then I was accused of lying. Anyway, so there's, there's all of that. that. I mean, that was, that was then my entire Monday. That was Monday morning with Greenwald calling me a liar and dangerous and all that crap. And so then the entire day Monday is spent with me just going, okay, first, first I have to triage this liar thing. <laughs> So I had to tweet about that. And then I, you know, and, and I should have known better. Again, I should have known better. I should have just ignored the rest of my mentions. I should have, you know, addressed the Greenwald thing and then just moved on with my day. But people are wrong on the Internet. <laughs> I had to. I got completely fished into that. And I shouldn't have. I don't I don't know why. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, you know what, look, you know, it's not that it's not that I don't care. Mm -hmm. That's not it at all. Yeah. But admittedly, since starting the the new job, I have uh, my my tolerance level for politics that or for the things about politics and media that annoy the out of me has dropped quite a bit. You know, it just you know what it it could be the new job or honestly, it could just be, you know, me. I I got to this way. I think it was a couple of years ago where I just I didn't check out, but I was just so just, you know, I know that right now, especially when we should be fighting the hardest about this. But I also have kind of reached a point where it's so overwhelmingly awful Mm -hmm. that I just want to close my eyes and hide somewhere. I'm just I'm just tired of it. You know, goddamn, you know, guys like Greenwald are still around. Yep. You know, the fact that it's how many years have gone by and we're still talking about this clown? Who yeah, cares? I mean, and, and yeah, but I mean, it, it, I sound like a broken record you know, when I respond this you. way. He's bothering you. I mean, you know, he's this, this you know, Greenwald is getting on your ass. He blocked you forever ago. Yeah. And he has the nerve to, to then engage you, which by not engaging you. Glenn Greenwald's got 700,000 followers, 700,000 followers, including just about everyone who's anyone in uh, political writing, political punditry, and on down the line. People who, some of whom I rely on for a paycheck. Not, obviously not Ben Cohen, etc. But I'm talking about other, other sources. And so in front of 700,000 people, That's Glenn Greenwald point. called me uh, a liar and said that my mentality was dangerous to journalism. In That's fact, a, I'm looking you know right what? here. That's a, that's a very, very, it's a very, very good point. You're yeah. absolutely correct. Yeah. And so, I mean, what what choice did I have at that point than other than to, well, I have to stop the bleeding somehow, which is which is what motivated me to to spend Monday uh, dealing with this. But then I'm I'm noticing here that, you know what, frankly, I'm in good company. 
I'm in really good company. That's the thing, dude. That's that's the thing about Greenwald. Yeah. He may have a lot of followers, but I guarantee you there are a ton of people who think that he is just a joke. Yeah. Well, here's uh, Greenwald's latest piece in The Intercept, and this is regarding, uh, specifically regarding Paul Krugman. Again, good, uh, good company to be in. Paul Krugman, yep. Soledad O'Brien, I'll take it. Uh, he wrote a thing today, uh, the unrelenting, pun- the unrelenting pundit led effort to delegitimize all negative reporting about Hillary Clinton, which is a typical Greenwald headline. First of that all, is, that is, the, yeah, that is so wonderfully <laughs> Greenwaldian. It's just huge. It's verbo- It's unnecessarily verbose. The unrelenting pundit led effort to delegitimize all negative reporting about Hillary Clinton. You know, that headline it, needs more syllables is what it does. <laughs> exactly. Holy crap. That is the, you should do, you should tweet that out. This is, this is the, the most Greenwaldian headline ever. Yeah. So he starts out in his New York Times column yesterday, Paul Krugman did something which he made clear he regarded as quite brave. He defended the Democratic Party presidential nominee and likely next U.S. president from journalistic investigations. So he's going after uh, Krugman for the same reason he went after me. Right. I'll be grouped. I'll be on Paul Krugman's team any fucking day of the week when it yeah. comes to Glenn Greenwald, etc. Yeah. When you're when you're when you're playing, you know, yeah. when you're playing basketball <laughs> and and the two team captains are Greenwald and Krugman, you really want to get picked by Krugman. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to be the last guy who has to go with Greenwald. And of course, what Krugman wrote in the New York Times over the weekend. And you know what? Actually, I'm going to get to that in just a second. We're late for our bottom of the hour break. We're going to do that and come back and talk about Krugman's piece right after this. Okay, you want to know the best way to support the show? The best way to support the Bob and Chez show is to go shopping at Amazon.com using our Amazon link. Here's how you do it. Go to BobSeska.com and click the Amazon link in all caps just beneath the logo on the main page. The link takes you to the main page of Amazon.com as as usual you go shopping we get a small commission from everything you buy it costs you nothing extra and it helps support the show and if you run a small business and source your materials from amazon make sure to use the link for all your purchases and don't forget to bookmark it thanks so much for supporting the show and our amazon link shove bob and chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go Diddy. subscribe to the bob and chez show in the podcast section on itunes Okay, the uh, second half of today's show. What is it brought to you by? Oh, it's brought to you by Amazon Prime. Click the Amazon banner on the podcast page and sign up for a 30-day free trial of Amazon Prime. Get free two-day shipping, enjoy popular movies and TV episodes, plus unlimited music streaming, free unlimited photo storage, and 30-minute early access to select Amazon Lightning Fast Deal. Also, make sure to use the uh, bobseska.com Amazon link if you want to go shopping at amazon.com, just as I was saying a second ago. All right, moving along here. I just, I noticed this too. Just lots of Greenwald remarks. Like Krugman's column, chiding the media for its unfairly negative coverage of his beloved candidate, was predictably a a big hit. What a melodramatic he is his his beloved candidates that's what that's what incites the jill stein people that's what incites the intercept uh greenwald uh minions things like that because all krugman is saying is you know what i'm seeing again here i'm seeing bush v gore i'm seeing yeah. the 2000 election all over again he's where, right and yeah. he's right yeah and he made a really good case about about that and was talking extensively about how the press is is uh, shirking its duty and being completely irresponsible with regards to the coverage of Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. And it's going to be Bush v. Gore, not maybe not the Supreme Court, but Bush versus Gore all over again. That's what it's basically uh, coming down to. And Greenwald has an issue with that. And, you know, I understand that 
the press needs to maintain some sort of objectivity when it comes to, you know, support for candidates and the outcome of the election. I get that. But what the press is, is doing isn't that. What the press is doing is focusing more time on Hillary Clinton's negatives than those negatives actually dictate. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's lopsided. It doesn't make any sense to be spending this much time on, on for example, the Clinton Foundation thing when there is really no scandal there. Yeah. Especially when you put it in context with, you know, the daily, I mean, almost hourly uh, trespasses of Donald Trump. By saying that Hillary Clinton's Clinton Foundation scandal is deserving of equal time of all of, of Donald Trump's things, that yeah. is completely, that is reporting on something that is false. And that is what uh, Paul Krugman was talking about. Not talking about, well, hey, everybody go out and vote for Hillary Clinton. Here's a Hillary Clinton button and a bumper sticker and a yard sign. Go vote for Hillary Clinton. No, no, it's not that. And he says here, just concludes by saying, focus on the facts. America and the world can't afford another election tipped by innuendo. So what does Greenwald want? Does Greenwald want the reporting based on innuendo? I guess so, because that's Greenwald's whole thing. Yes. And also, by the way, Trump's whole thing, innuendo. You know what I heard? I heard, I heard something about Hillary Clinton. She, yeah, uh, that's what they tell me. Yeah. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. That's what they tell me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, it's to, to uh, ignore or overlook... The, the kind of the kind of person that Trump is, the mm-hmm. way he behaves, the things he's done, to sort yep. of set that aside, and like like so many articles have said, normalize it, uh, like Soledad O'Brien said, to normalize that is is just it's unthinkable. Yep. It is the worst kind of malpractice. Exactly, exactly. It's entirely untrue. It's not accurate. And Glenn Greenwald is expecting, I guess, expecting reporters to be inaccurate. With their reporting by ele- by elevating things that don't need to be elevated and by down then therefore downplaying things that should be elevated again Clinton Foundation has I mean there is no evidence showing that the Clinton Foundation did anything illegal I mean where have we said that before we've said yeah. that a lot of times before yeah. especially three years ago with regard to Snowden okay now we've got this thing with uh, with the Clinton Foundation and we've got the uh, the Trump Foundation and actually having been fined by the IRS for a pay-to-play scandal in Florida. That is a real thing. That is verifiable. There was a fine. There was an investigation by Internal Revenue. This all happened, and it's been reported. We know it. But what do we have to do? We have to elevate the thing that isn't really illegal and make it equal? We have to spend equal time on that? Yep. That is, that is malpractice. Krugman writes here, here's a pro tip. The best ways to judge a candidate's character are to look at what he or she has actually done and what policies he or she is proposing. Mr. Trump's record of bilking students, stiffing contractors, and more is a good indicator of how he'd act as president. Mrs. Clinton's speaking style and body language aren't. George W. Bush's policy or George W. Bush's policy lies gave me a much better handle on who he was than all of the up close and personal reporting of 2000. And the contrast between Mr. Trump's policy incoherence and Mr. and Mrs. Clinton's carefulness speaks volumes today. <laughs> this is a big issue for uh, Glenn Greenwald, who then has spent now, I guess, uh, another thousand words about how why why Paul Krugman is uh is is uh circling the wagons for hillary clinton yes because nothing because no uh um 
no in no insult or no thing that upsets him can go unanswered. That's right. And, and when I say unanswered, I mean you know nothing. Do, nothing gets less than three thousand words and six updates. <laughs> That's right. And by the way, Josh Barrow, like kind of agreeing with him. Uh, God, is there anyone whinier than Clinton supporters? Josh Barrow writes. Josh Barrow, who's a regular on MSNBC, the pro Hillary MSNBC, apparently. Is there anyone whinier than Clinton supporters? Her unpopularity is always someone else's fault. Josh Barrow writes, Clinton backers shaming of the press for reporting anything the Clinton campaign dislikes is rapidly approaching self-parody territory. That's Ken Vogel. <sighs> Ken Vogel is a reporter for Politico. All right. Well. This is what we're looking at, folks. This is how Donald Trump wins. You want to know how Donald Trump wins? This is how he wins. We're going to talk about Soledad O'Brien because, so again, good company. Soledad O'Brien went off about this on CNN. Apparently, Soledad O'Brien, <laughs> shill for Clinton. I don't there even want to. I don't even want to see Soledad's uh, Twitter mentions today. Yep. I can't even imagine. She's much more high profile than I am, and I'm sure it's just fucking mayhem over there. Uh, one last break. Back with more show after this. Hey. Hey. What's the matter? You look anxious and depressed. I am anxious and depressed. I've had a terrible week. Anything that could go wrong, did go wrong. <sighs> I know just what you need. I was feeling the same way myself last week. I have just the thing. Peace, love, and happiness. Wow, pretty. A peace sign, a heart, and a smiley face soap. Grapefruit, cucumber, and rose. They work wonders. Why, look at the week Barack Obama just had. I sent him some peace, love, and happiness on Friday, and I'm not saying it had anything to do with it, but look how great his weekend went. Ah, oh, just looking at them makes me feel better. Thanks, Bubble Genius. BubbleGenius.com. Representation of communication with Barack Obama is not intended to be a factual statement. Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Thank you, Buzz. Welcome back to our Tuesday show. Thank you for joining us. Okay, so Soledad O'Brien no longer works at uh, CNN. She's a correspondent for a number of other different outlets, but uh, she appeared on CNN over the weekend, and uh, it was pretty great. Um. I think completely fact-based. I mean, it's undeniable. I mean, how many more ways do we have to emphasize this about how dangerous a Donald Trump presidency would be and how, you know, there's there's a matter in politics of, of course, holding our leaders accountable. We always want to hold our leaders accountable. We want to hold candidates accountable. This election, though, this is different. This is different than 2012 yeah. or 2008 or uh, even 2000 and 2004. What we're talking about here is a, a very serious potential damage to the world. Yeah. And it's not, it's, there, there is going to be a time, and it's going to happen, hopefully, starting November 9th, the day after Election Day, when if you want to, if you want to torture Hillary Clinton for the next four years, go for it. As long as it's fact-based and as long as it's not trumped up and trumped up bull- yeah. 
have go nuts. Knock yourself out. Right now, as from where I'm sitting, looking at what Donald Trump could potentially do to this nation and hence to the world, yep. it, it, to, to stop that needs to be a priority. It needs to be a serious, serious priority yeah, for, it, for people it's, it's who have a voice. It's astonishing to me, and I think this is where I am. I think this is the, the thing that has made me so kind of angry and depressed about this whole situation mm-hmm. is that it offends the shit out of me that we are actually having this discussion. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, know. it's it's bad that we're here to begin with, that Trump made it this far. Uh, but it's it's horrible that people, that decent people are not somehow completely united in this. Yeah, I you know. know. That, that even this, even this kind of existential threat isn't enough to make the little annoying wasps go away for a little while. I know. And, you know, my question is always back to them. Well, what are your plans then the, to the Jill Stein people? What are your plans then for defeating Donald Trump? Well, what does it matter? I hear back. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are the same person. Jesus Christ. If, you, so think like, that, if, you, that's, if you think that, that's when I just go, oh, f*** you. Yeah, exactly. I'm, you know, I'm not sorry. I'm just not. You don't, you're not a serious person. But this goes back to Paul Krugman's column in the New York Times over the weekend, which is that one of the dominating theories during the 2000 election, leading up to the 2000 election, among people like Michael Moore and, quite frankly, me, standing in the voting booth, going, hey, you know what? I believed all that I believed all the being spewed by Michael Moore and other liberals who were saying Bush and Gore, they're the same person. They're both with, you know, in the pockets of the same corporation, blah, 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 blah. All of the I mean, I was 29. <laughs> what do you want from me? No. I didn't know anything. I was 29. And, and so I went in and I voted for Ralph Nader. I voted for Ralph Nader. Now, I was in a safe state. I was in a, a, a state that Al Gore very easily won. I, I lived in Pennsylvania at the time. But the fact of the matter is, is that I was duped by all of this both sides that we're seeing now. And this is what we're seeing. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing it with, with Donald Trump. We're hearing it from the Jill Stein people. They're the same people. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are the same person. They're basically the same. In fact, I was hearing that Hillary Clinton is a lot worse because of all of the people, all of the brown people she killed in the Middle East that she's responsible for yeah, because yeah. of Iraq and all that. Yeah. You know, and, and how, what, what has, how many people has Donald Trump killed? Yeah, I'm getting that, too. But here's uh, uh, Soledad O'Brien. Former CNN host Soledad O'Brien blasted the cable news business over the weekend for profiting off the hate speech that has fueled Donald Trump's political rise. According to O'Brien, the media has gone through, quote, contortions to make things seem equal all the time when comparing Trump to Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton. We'll pl- let's play a little bit of this uh, Soledad O'Brien clip. This, I mean, she says it all right here. So that or other journalists not calling it like it is, covering Trump like the unique candidate that he is? I think it's more the contortions try- to try to make things seem equal all the time. So if you look at Hillary Clinton's speech where she basically pointed out that what Donald Trump has done actually quite well is normalize white supremacy, one of a long list of things that I think many Americans would find distasteful. And you would say that's true. The Clinton is, is right when she I says that. I think she made a very good argument, almost like a lawyer. Here is ways in which he has actually worked to normalize conversations that many people find hateful. And that many, and listen, I've seen on air white supremacists being interviewed because they're, they are Trump delegates and yep. they do a five-minute segment, the first minute or so, talking about what they believe is white supremacists, right? So you have normalized that. Then Donald Trump will say, well, Hillary Clinton, she's a bigot. And it's covered. 
journalist part comes in is they trade barbs. He says uh, she's a bigot, and she points out that he's a, he might be appealing to racists. He said, she said, he said, it she said. It only becomes he said, she said. When, when in, in actuality, the fact that Donald Trump has said she's a bigot, with not the long laundry list yep. of evidence, which if you looked at Hillary Clinton's speech, she actually did have a lot of really good factual evidence that we would all agree are things that have happened and do exist. Mm. They're treated as if they're equal. Well, she might be a bigot. He might be have ties to racists. They're actually equal when in reality they're not equal. And I think that's where journalists are failing in the, the contortions to try to make it seem fair. Mm. Yeah. And so that, that may be the default. But yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, that says it all right there. And, you know, yeah. uh, there are there are two halves to this equation, which is the, the first half, motivating, obviously, cable news networks and cable news shows, is the idea of, oh, shit. I mean, we've talked about this many times, but oh, shit. We don't want to be accused of being of having a liberal media bias. We don't want to be having uh, being accused of an anti-Trump bias, et cetera, et cetera. So we have to do A, B, and C in order to mitigate that. That's one part of it. The other part of it is the Glenn Greenwald attitude, which is that well, we have in order to be journalists, we have to emphasize these Hillary Clinton things. Otherwise, we're not doing our job. Even yeah. though the Hillary Clinton things aren't anywhere in the same universe as the Donald Trump things, and that by doing so, you're basically undermining the Hillary Clinton campaign, and that's what that's what Glenn Greenwald wants to do. I mean, that's the ultimate goal, and this caps off the second half of this thing, which is that what Glenn Greenwald wants is something that Glenn Greenwald doesn't often talk about, but that which we have observed for at least three years now, which the goal of the Glenn Greenwald faction of the left, whether you want to call it the alt-left or whatever. The alt-left. The alt-left. Is that um, what we need to do is to tear down the entire system and then suddenly that will give us progressivism. Hence what I was saying earlier and what I tweeted earlier about the underpants gnome thing. Which, yes. by the way, hardly any of the millennials understood that. Of course not. Be Because it's a South Park reference from 15 years ago when they were all nine. Yeah. So, you know, that's the whole idea. We're going to disrupt the system. We're going to tear down the system. That's number one. Number two is the question mark. And number three is progressivism. And that's how that's what Glenn Greenwald wants to do. He's a disruptor. He's OK with hanging out with hackers who he considers to be journalists. People like Weave, people like uh, people like that guy in uh, whose name I forget. Oh, Applebaum, Jacob Applebaum in, right. uh, in, in Germany. These are the people who Glenn Greenwald pals around with because he thinks that they're doing the job of disruption and upending the system, destroying, tearing down the system, you know, and that's that's what that's what's motivating him. So what better candidate to tear down the system uh, than Donald Trump? Why not? Yeah. Why not? That's that's the, that's something that I just I absolutely despise. No, yeah. I think that if you are advocating a disruption of the system you would mm. better have an idea of what you want to see in its place yeah there is no plan there, there, there is, is no plan no, there is no plan no, there is no plan uh, and if you scroll through uh i almost said donald trump's if you scroll through glenn greenwald's timeline you, you, won't, you won't see many uh tweets uh defending uh hillary clinton at all of course so when he says you know when he says we've got to be equal about all this there's that would mean that Glenn Greenwald would have to be also be equal with some positive stories about Hillary Clinton, along with some positive stories about Donald Trump. Isn't that true? I think it's true. I also think Glenn Greenwald's a f***ing coward. I don't mind saying that. <laughs> He's a f***ing coward. It's self-evident. The very fact that this guy 
three years ago. And he knows who I am. We've communicated on via email. We've communicated via Twitter in the past. It goes back a long, long time. He obviously, but he blocks me three years ago and then goes on to his own Twitter feed with his 700,000, 700,000 people follow him. Calling me a liar, indicting me and slandering me for things that are just untrue. For things that are, I mean, with motivations that are completely, completely f***ed up. I mean, his priorities are just, I don't know what f***ing universe he's from, but what, whatever he's saying, you know the opposite to be true. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, think, I, think Green, I think Greenwald's a joke. I think he's a complete joke. Yep. Yep. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, I just, my, <laughs> my regret is that I just I spent way too much of my uh, my three day weekend on that. And so, so I get to the end of the day yesterday and almost like, oh God, I'm just gonna take another weekend, yeah, another day off. I'm just gonna take Tuesday off. <laughs> Dude, there's nothing I would listen to me, listen to me, yawn. There's nothing I would love more than that. Absolutely, <laughs> I know. God, I would give anything for you know one more day. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Wonderful, uh, wonderful time that I had there over my uh, my Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we've got a uh, post-mortem show coming up for you at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. We're just going to keep, keep talking as soon as this music's over. We're going to talk about Phyllis Schlafly. We're going to talk about uh, Donald Trump's pay-to-play scandal, maybe. Also, oh my God, news, big news from the Roger Ailes Fox News uh, sexual harassment thing. That's coming up at post- post-mortem show next. <laughs> 